Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Miketz. With Parshas Miketz, we are thick into the story of Yosef and his rise to power in Mitzrayim and his dealing with his brothers. And every year when we read about this, we ask ourselves, how is it possible that Yosef would cause his brothers so much anguish and it appears on the surface as if it is some kind of retaliation. After all, how did they treat him? Well, if that's the way they treat, treated him, that's the way he's going to treat them. No, 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 don't go there. The Ramban says very clearly that Yosef understood that the dreams that he had had to be actualized, that they were literally uh, prophetic in nature. And truthfully, as the Torah told us back in last week, when Yaakov hears of these dreams, the Torah tells us, Rashi explains that Yaakov was anticipating, waiting for the fulfillment, not knowing how, but having that kind of inclination to realize that his son Yosef was not just a bright young man, but that there was great potential. And so the Ramban says that this is what Yosef was doing. How many came down to um, um, buy food in Egypt, all except for one? But that's not good enough, because in the first dream, 11 of them bow down to him. And therefore, he needs a way of bringing Binyamin down. Takes Shimon and puts him in jail, bring down Binyamin, and you'll get Shimon back. And now the Binyamin is brought down. He has to find a way to get Yaakov to come down. Because Yaakov, too, in the second dream, is the son who has to bow down to him. And that gets foiled next week when his emotion gets the most of him. I believe that, as I say all the time, there are no Bible stories. There are only Bible lessons. And I'd like to share with you one very important lesson that I believe comes out of uh, this parsha, And that is as follows. The verse that I want to focus on is in chapter 42, Pasuk 21. And where are we? Yosef has just accused the brothers of being spies, and he tells them what he's going to do, put one of them in jail, etc., until they bring back the other. So what is their response, the brothers, one to another? Vayomru ish elochiv, and they said one to another, but are we not guilty? What are we not guilty for? Alochinu, regarding our brother. Asheroinu, that we saw at Saras show. We saw his heartfelt anguish. Listen to these next four words. When he pleaded and begged, and we did not listen, Alkain, therefore, Therefore, this is why this anguish has come upon us. Now listen carefully, my friends. This is such a powerful verse. The first thing is, there's an incredible brilliance to the Torah. When I mention Mechiras Yosef to all of you who are 
honoring me by listening. And if I say the sale of Yosef, be honest with yourself. Do you conjure up in your mind that Yosef was literally on his hands and knees begging his brothers not to sell him? And I believe, be honest, the answer is no. I, this is what happened. But the answer, my friends, is the Torah doesn't write this where it should have been written. It should have been written in last week's parasha. In last week's parasha, we're told they stripped him from his coat of many colors. They throw him in the pit. They sell him. And there's not a word last week of Yosef's begging. So we don't associate the two. In this week's parasha, it slipped in. Oh, why? Because the Torah doesn't want us to have that impression of the Achim, even though they had free will, but clearly this was all literally with divine assistance. Namely, God is directing history. Yosef had to get into Mitzrayim. Yosef had to become the, um, you know, the viceroy in Egypt, etc. But now, listen carefully. If you look in the Sopurno, both in last week's parsha and on this Pasuk here, chapter 42, Pasuk 21. Last week, the Sopurno tells us, how could the brothers sell Yosef? How could they do this to their brother? So, he tells us that they, the brothers, convened a Bezdin, and they determined that Yosef was to be deemed a Rodev. What is a Rodev? A Rodev is someone who is pursuing you and threatening to kill you. And the Torah says, If someone is coming to harm you, you have every right and obligation to stop him and you should if need be, kill him. We learn that from the Boba Machteres, as found in Parshas Mishpatim. Having said that, they said, look at Jewish history. Avram had two sons, Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yishmael got sent away. Yitzchak had two sons, Esau and Yaakov. Esau got sent away. Yaakov has 12 sons, but he's favoring one. Oy, oy, oy. Lest History repeat itself, and the eleven get sent away, and it's only going to be Yosef. We will take the initiative to make sure that doesn't happen to us. We will get rid of him. Amazing. And so they felt so confident that Yosef had to go, and they sell him. However, listen to what the Sapurno says, that even though they judged Yosef as a Rodef, but still, and that's the key word, I'll read it to you. What's the problem? Hoyinu achzorim negerochinu, says the Sopurno. Still, we were unfortunately cruel to our brother, even though we were right in considering him a rodev. Here come the key words. Hoyolonu lorachim bischanto. He, we should have had compassion when he begged for mercy. That was our fault. In other words, not in our judgment. The judgment was correct. But in our execution of the judgment, we lacked Rachmanus. 
And because we didn't show mercy to our brother, therefore he is acting, this person not knowing it's their brother, is acting this way towards us. So it's not in the decision, it's the implementation with lack of mercy. I think this is such a powerful lesson for Jewish history, for all of us today. Hanukkah was yesterday. Last night, Hanukkah was over. We have to take a very important lesson of Hanukkah, and as I will show you in a moment, we, a week from today, next Friday, are going to be fasting. Next Friday is the 10th of Teves, the only fast that could ever occur on a Friday. What happened on Asar Teves was that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel, Babylon, put a siege around Jerusalem, which lasted two and a half years, which led to the destruction of the first Beis Amigdash. It was the beginning of the end. Okay, not okay, means that the Jewish people could have, should have realized, uh-oh, the noose is around our neck, it's getting tighter, we should do tshuva, and unfortunately, they did not. Now, why do we fast on Friday, and why, if it were to fast, if it were to fall on a Shabbos, says the Avu Draham, we would even fast on a Shabbos. The reason for that is the following. At this time, Yechezkel Hanavi was in Bavel. He was able to prophesy in Bavel because he had prior prophesied in Eretz Yisrael. And what did he prophesy? That on this day, on this very day, he told the people in Bavel that Nebuchadnezzar had put a siege around Yerushalayim. Months later, when they came to Bavel, and they said, ay, 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 a siege was put, and they asked, what day? Yes, it turned out to be the day that Asura Bateves, that Yechezkel told them to write down. Now, amazing. There was no CNN. There was, how did Yechezkel know? He knew B'Nevuah. He knew with prophecy. And therefore, because of on this very day. This day has that significance to it that if it were to fall on a Shabbos, we would fast. Why? Explains the Chassam Sofer in the commentary on the Slichos for next Friday for Sar Bateves. An incredible idea. And that is as follows. He says that every year on Asara Bateves, HaKadosh Baruch Hu convenes a Bezdin Shomala, the celestial court upstairs, and there is a vote taken. A decision is made. Will the third Beis Hamikdash be rebuilt this forthcoming year? Amazing. So, explains the Chassam Sofer, that if a person, let's say, for example, has a yurt site which falls on a Shabbos, and some people fast on a yurt site, you would not fast on Shabbos. Why not? Because that's called an Avelus Yeshona. 
That's called an old mourning. The person passed away years ago, and therefore we don't fast on Shabbos. However, if a person has Lo'alenu, a very disturbing dream, that they had on Friday night, Alpidin, you're allowed to fast on Shabbos because it's not something of the past, it's something very much in the present. Therefore, says the Chassam Sofer, the same thing here, that if a Sarabateves would fall on a Shabbos, it's considered not something of the past. Don't tell me the siege happened over 20, what? about 2,500 years ago. No, it's happening today. Next Friday, they're deciding upstairs. Now, wait a second. If they're deciding upstairs, we have to take the message of Hanukkah, which is that the spiritual wins out over the physical. Correct? The determination of the Hashmonoyim that we had and lived during the eight days of Hanukkah, tells us that the determination to maintain our faith was stronger and overwhelmed the incredible might of the Greek army. But I'd like to take it a little bit different and say the following, that what is the message that the brothers admitted We were right, but we shouldn't have done it and we should have had more compassion to our brother. So too, my friends, the key word from this Pasuk, I believe, and the key lesson is to be mevater. To be mevater means to give in, to allow. You are right, but don't always stand your ground on being right. You can be right, but unfortunately you can win the battle but lose the war. How many issues of Sholem bias? come about when someone just can't keep quiet even though you are right in your side and the other person in your mind might be wrong and you might be objectively right there are times when just your silence and not answering them back you're going to win if you try to answer them back even though you're right you will lose and therefore to be mavatir to allow the next person to give them some uh, credibility, to give them some room for feeling good. This is such a powerful concept that I believe emerges from this week's parsha of Miketz. Avol Hashemim Anachnu. We are guilty. And unfortunately, that which the brothers were guilty of them We are still guilty now too often in our interpersonal relationships. And therefore, as we focus and realize that we're no Bible stories, it's a question of Bible lessons that will bring us, please God, to the coming of Moshiach. In order for that to happen, we have to learn from their mistakes. We cash in on all of their merits with every Shemona Esrei. So, Cher Chazdei Ovos, but the rabbis criticized Yaakov. He shouldn't have favored Yosef over the others. How much did the code of many colors cost, the Ksonas Pasim? Significantly, very, very little. But, oh my goodness, look at the kind of damage that it did. Similarly, as we learn 
from their merits, we're also to learn from their mistakes. And therefore, let it not be said of us. Let us learn to be mevater. Let us learn to give in. Let us learn to give the next person some justification as well. And that is going to bring us not one step, but many steps closer to the ultimate redemption for which we constantly pray. And therefore, I wish everyone for next week a meaningful fast. I wish everyone that we take these lessons to heart and realize what a beautiful Musar Sefer our Sefer Torah is. Shabbat Shalom to all.